Oh, yeah, Vince, quiet. I guess it's my turn to talk. Cheryl was just telling me uh, Damien Picard, 28, of uh, Bucksfield, uh, died in a motorcycle accident, friend of the family, friend of her son, and uh, that service is today. So if you think about the Picard family and pray, that would always be a good thing. Um, young men in motorcycles, right? And uh, we don't want to ever bury our children. It's just a, it's just a horrific thing. Okay, now that I get you all sad, on a happier note, youth group ends Wednesday, and that's kind of sad too, so well, we'll just continue on sad trend for a little bit. Um, well, it's not the end of the world that youth group ends, um, because we, we'll pick it up again in the, uh, in the fall, and that's fine. Um, uh, on a happy note, I went to a graduation uh, earlier this week. Um, our band graduated, all of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> And they were all at the same graduation, so that was cool. You know, convenient one stop, you know. Uh, two of them were valedictorians. You say, you don't have two valedictorians. They had three, and the, they were saying it wasn't a contrivance. They all, like, had thousands of a point difference. So they had, I've never seen it before, so we had three valedictorians. Two of them were our, uh, well, they were here today, actually. It was uh, Noah and Hannah. They were valedictorians. So all three of them had a speech. It was kind of clever and cute. I I never, like I say, I never seen anything quite like that. So congratulations to them. Um, also, our uh, our drummer uh, Isaac, um, he graduated as well. Um, he's going into the IBEW, my old alma mater, if I had such a thing. Uh, the the Hannah and Noah are off to UMO, and you know we'll be praying for them. God bless them all. I always think, like more than anything else, a high school graduation is more of like a entrance into adulthood than more than I think than voting or getting your license or turning 21 or anything like that I mean it really is the line of demarcation between you know you're living in your parents house you know and you're kind of a your kid okay you're an older kid but you're kind of you know somebody else is looking after you when you're on your own that's kind of a that's a big leap and uh, some don't make it successfully how do you make it successfully um you love God, and you know this book, and you live it out in your life, and you'll do fine. Uh, and as far to the point you drift away from that is to the point where you, it won't go as well. That's just words of advice from someone who loves you very much. <laughs> okay. Um, what else? What else? Uh, oh, uh, Summer Picnic is uh, at the end of the month. It's the, uh, the 30th. Yeah. June 30th, it's at uh, Lake George. We've done this uh, several times. You don't know where it is. We'll, we'll fix you up. We'll tell you as we get close to where the directions are and stuff. A good time will be had by all. We always get good weather, but rain or shine, there's a, bu- a building there that we can have the service in if we get rain. Well, you know, if it's like a torrential downpour, we'll have to cancel the picnic part of it. But like I say, we've always had good weather in the past. We'll just pray and pray that God will show up and really bless us with good weather and a good time. Uh, so, you know, bring something to barbecue, and away we go. And like I say, we've always, uh, anyway. What's that? Yeah, yeah, we're doing baptism this year. Uh, you say I was baptized as a baby. I, no, you weren't. <laughs> no such thing. Uh, and if you, if you doubt me on that, we'll come up and we'll discuss it. I don't want to go into it now. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about baptism before we... Before that happens, I've already had a few people approach me about being baptized. So, you know, yay. And oh, by the way, this is such a good time to invite people. 
Uh, you know, you invite, have you ever invited them to church? I don't want to go to church. Ah, that's for a bunch of hypocrites. Everyone goes to a picnic. You invite people to a picnic, see if they don't come. You know what I mean? It's, it's easy peasy. Okay, let's uh, keep moving. Um, I mentioned the graduates. I won the moose lottery. Yay. <laughs> now, if you've, been, if you've been putting in for every year and you've never won it, I'm sorry about that. I wish it was a more democratic way, but I don't know. Uh, it's the second time I won. It's the, my fifth overall that I've been on. I'm very excited about it. So anyway, just thought I'd tell you. Uh, rub your nose in it. No, I don't want to do that. I just want to like, you know, just let you know what I'm up to and stuff like that. So, so we're talking about, me and Susan are talking about a kayak uh, going down the uh, river here. We got a river right here right there, and uh, we, we let in just uh, below the dam there uh, and, uh, in um, Shawmut, and we go down and we get out behind um, Sonny's Pizza, and as you go down the river, you feel like you want to call in an order, that'll be fine, and <laughs> we pick it up as we get there. Because uh, we used to do a lot of stuff like that, a lot more stuff like that. You say, I don't have a kayak. You can rent one for not a lot of money, and uh, you know, if, in, if you're into that sort of thing, if you're not, well, that's fine too. Um, another thing I was thinking about, it's just, and, and as we get close to that, because I'm thinking about that in July, because the water's warmer and stuff, and it's, it's, it's fine and it's fun. Um, Katahdin Ironworks, we've hiked that in the past, and I think I want to do that again, maybe like in August. It's, it's non-trivial, it's like about, not, it's over nine miles, and it's all up and down, it's along a gorge, and it's these breathtaking vistas, but it's, it's, it's a chore, you know what I mean, if you're like, um, there's no, like, it's not wheelchair accessible. Let me just put it that way, okay? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, quite a hike. So that's something you're interested in doing. Uh, like I say, I'm thinking about that in August. Um, Operation Christmas Child Toys. Yay! <laughs> okay, if I'm digging in there, grabbing a yo-yo, I'm just testing it out. I'll put it back. Uh, toys, and you know, for the kid in us that never grows up. So that's... Uh, and I always think in terms of like, yeah, they need a toothbrush and they need pencils and stuff like that. But little boys don't jump and shout when they get a toothbrush. They, when they get a yo-yo, they do. Or a ball. Goodness sake, a ball. Oh, uh, anyway, so that's, uh, you know, something to think about, something to pray about. We're in the uh, first book of Timothy, chapter 5. I'm going to do the whole chapter today. I'm going to really be moving, motoring right along. Um, before we even pray, I just want to say, it's just instruction. Um, some people think that's not the most glamorous parts of Scripture. Hey, I love chapters like this. I love this chapter specifically. How to treat everybody. You say, well, I got the memo. Love. Okay, love one another. I got it. Can we go now? No. Uh, it's specifically how to love. This is what love looks like for these particular people groups. And so I, I think it's something that, you know, we, um, we need to look at. Well, it's, we don't skip verses. Uh, but also, uh, it's, it's very helpful. So let's pray and let's uh, focus in on the Lord now. Father, it's your word, and we love it dearly. And we want to be blessed and thrilled by it. And we want to be found faithful to the things that your word says. So help us, Lord, to, to know it, to understand it, to live it, and to bless you by, as it were, Lord, making your word an extension of our, of our right hand. Of, of our, we just want to be Bible people. So bless this uh, time in Jesus' name. 
And Lord, for the, the Picard family, I'm not sure, but I think I might know them. And again, I, whether I do or whether I don't, you know them. What a tragic loss. And I pray that you'd bring some good out of this, that you would, uh, this memorial service, Lord, you'd be honored and glorified. You'd draw men to yourself. And Lord, you know, as mom and dad wonder, Lord, sidle up along beside them and whisper into their hearts, Lord, and, and comfort and heal. In Jesus' name, amen. Chapter 5 of 1 Timothy. Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, and younger as sisters with all purity. That's a mouthful, okay? It's just about everybody. We're going to talk about some subgroups after. But right now, and I don't think any part of this is controversial, although a little while it gets kind of controversial. First, rebuke not an elder. And it means older man. I don't think it means the office of elder. Um, you know, Timothy's a young man. So does he have to speak to older men, people who are old enough to be his dad? Yes, yeah, sometimes he would. Have you, Adam, have you ever done that? Well, of course I have. Of course I have. And knowing this verse, I would take somebody aside. I don't want to dress anyone down publicly if you can avoid it. Sometimes it's not avoidable. But I always want to do that quietly. I always speak to somebody and take them aside. And, and how's it going, Adam? Well, sometimes good and sometimes not so good. Some people don't receive rebuke very well at all. Need it and just don't take it. But um, you, you don't want to, like I say, do that publicly. You want to treat him like a, like a dad. Have you ever had to speak to your dad about something? That's kind of not so easy to do, right? How do you say, uh, you know, Dad, you're messing up here. <laughs> I brought you in this world, I'll take you out. He'll tell you, I, you know, I, I can't remember a time when I, you know, told my dad, you know, something like. But it, imagine if I had to do that. Imagine if Dad went to church. Dad's gone on. But I mean, just imagine if he went to church and let's say he was messing up. I mean, you know, sinning. I had to say, Dad, you know, what gives here? I'd, I'd do that very, in such and such a way, I mean, that's what God's calling on us, on us to do. Okay, you love. Well, don't parade people's stuff out and around. And we, we, don't, we don't do like that. Uh, an older man, you want to treat him like a father. The younger men, you want to treat like brethren. I do that. I think I do that. And I think of young men as brethren. I call them brother and stuff like that. I, it, to me, it's, a, it's kind of a natural way to be. I, I um, you know, you think of young men as brethren. Older women as mothers. Now, that's where we're going to run into a little bit of problem. In America, older women don't like to think of themselves as older women. If somebody is old enough to be my mom, they're pretty old now. You know, I'm kind of almost 60 myself. I'm 60 on my next birthday. So, you know, you think of it someone generationally, you know, you're, you know, 25-ish years, you know, plus or minus. Um, and that's about how old mom will be, you know. I think she's 84 I don't know, 83, 84, I think. Her birthday's coming right up. I should know that, right? I should know how old my mom is. So she's in her 80s, you know. Again. Um, so what happens if they're like in between? What happens if they're only 10 years older? You know what I mean? Well, I'll just think of them as sisters. That's all. I mean, you know. It's, and, and 
here's the, here's the thing, okay? You want to treat people graciously. You want to treat people with respect and courtesy. We don't do that in America anymore. We, if you're older, you just shut up. You don't know anything. Go to the rest home and get out of our... And to the point where, like, I, I, I chide my mom on this. Your generation has let us down. They're supposed to be the leaders in mor- on morality, and, and they are so not. We have such a youth movement in this culture, in this country, we, we just shut up our old people. And, and if we don't shut them up in a home, we shut them up like, I don't want to hear what you have to say. And so they try to act young, and it's kind of sickening. They adopt all of our young ideas, and it's, it's, it's pathetic. And it's just, where's the wisdom? You've lived a whole life, and you've seen this hasn't worked, and now you're trying to perpetuate that thing that hasn't worked. I think it's pathetic. So I just want to treat, and we don't have, like, as a society, we don't honor our older people. That's a horrific thing. Um, and you want to treat the young sisters with purity. The watchword here is purity. What does that mean? It means, like, holy, like purity, like she's your sister, dude. And if you understand what I'm saying. Well, let me just spell it right out, because I don't want to be you know, cute about this. Men are pigs, and they shouldn't be in the family of God ever, ever. Guy, if you have a lousy thought life, cure that, repent. That's a battle you absolutely have to win. Um, if you're sitting here, ever fantasize or something like that, I, I, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Clean that up. That's nasty. That's your sister. That is nasty. Uh, you say, well, you will, I want people to marry in the faith. You want, some guy marries his sister, right? And then she's your wife. Before that, she's your sister, and that's off limits. You say, really, just that's how you feel? That's how the Bible feels. Listen, I've never been ambiguous about this. We're not anti-sex here. We're just anti-sex outside of marriage. The watchword is purity, always. Uh, we give no quarter on this. You, you don't get, this is absolutely mandatory. Um, you know, I'm talking about, thinking about rebuking a young, uh, an older man. I had to do this when we first started. Well, I've done it several times. I do it when we first started, and the guy was, because of this, he wasn't treating women like sisters. He was treating them like, well, creepy. Several people came, one, Someone came to me and said, yeah, this guy, he's doing this. He's touching, you know, my daughter's hair. And said, oh, you've got such lovely hair and stuff like that and really creeping them out. Don't touch anyone's hair, okay, without an invite, unless you're married. Just, okay, just, it's creepy. And she didn't like that. And so mom came in and was saying, ah, this is no good. And I'm saying, oh, i got to talk to this guy. i got to rebuke him, and I don't want to do that. And, and then someone else came to me while I was thinking on this and said, yeah, my daughter's complaining about this guy. Same guy, same problem. Now, the Lord's, in my thinking, fairly shouting at me. You know, take care of this. And I'm like, oh, I'm not a confrontational guy usually. And God said, well, it's okay, I can get somebody else. No, no, I'm your guy, I'll take care of it. You know, because I don't want to. Uh, I, I understand, you know, sometimes you... It's not a root bear and Skittles being a pastor. As a matter of fact, this part right here, they get to teach, this is the best part. I mean, it really is. Everything else is like, you know, cleaning up after sheep. Sheep that bite, by the way. 
sorry, I'm just telling you the deal. <laughs> Someone says, like, uh, hey, I want to I be a pastor. I'm thinking, you need your head examined, son, but not just me. And so I had to rebuke him, and I brought him aside. I wasn't trying to I give him the benefit of the doubt. I said, you know, there's these ones who've complained, and you've got to stop that. And Oh, I would never. I say, well, I'm giving you every benefit of the doubt. If I ever thought you would, I'd be running you right out of here. It's, listen, nobody's saying nothing. It's just you and me, okay? Just amend your ways. And he stayed on for a few more weeks and left because I think he was that way. And I think he realized, <laughs> we got our eyes on you, dude, and you ain't getting away with nothing here. Purity. We'll call you on it every time. Um, honor widows that are widows indeed. Now, we're talking about specific women and how to treat these specific group of women. But if any wit, and this is kind of a longer section, uh, honor widows that are widows indeed, but if any widow have children or nephews, let them learn first how to show piety at home and to requite their parents, for that is good and acceptable before God. Now, she that is a widow indeed and desolate trusteth in God and continueth in supplications and prayers night and day. But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. And these things give in charge uh, that they may be blameless. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith, the faith and is worse than an infidel. Let not a widow be taken into the number under threescore years old, having been the wife of one man, well reported of for good works, if she hath brought up children, if, if she have lodged strangers, if she have washed the saints' feet, if she have relieved the afflicted, if she have diligently followed every good work. But the younger widows refuse, for they that have begun to wax wanton against Christ, they will marry, having damnation because they have cast off their first faith. And withal, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house. And not only idle, but tattlers also in busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. I will, therefore, that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. For some uh, are already turned aside after Satan. If any man or woman that believe have widows, let them relieve them, and let not the church be charged, that it may relieve them that are widows indeed. Now, that's a big section, is it not? And it's all about how to treat women. And remember this, too. Uh, There's no Social Security. Uh, God, one of his protected class of people in Scripture, are widow and orphans. He says, you mess with them, you're messing with me. Okay? People routinely took advantage of widows and orphans in this culture, and God said, I will have none of it. Uh, If you're a man, God expects you to be self-sufficient. He expects you to take care of widows and orphans, take care of your wife, take care of your children. Now you're not in the picture anymore. Well, they have to take care of themselves. As a matter of fact, when a guy died, very often his estate went to his oldest son. Um, you know, the, the two parts of the inheritance. And his wife wasn't in the inheritance at all. And it would be up to the son to take care of mom. And that's the way God had planned it. Even Jesus, when he's dying on the cross, he looks at John. Hey, behold your mom. In other words, take care of mom. I'm, I'm going somewhere else. You've got to take care of my mom. Um, did he leave her an inheritance? Yeah, I would say a spiritual one. Physically, we're talking about Jesus the homeless guy. Remember? The Son of Man hath not way to lay his head. God has a special provision for widows. Now here, in this time, it's the church. Now I would argue, and some would argue, see, this is why it's going to be a little bit controversial. 
Some would argue that because of the way it is now. We don't have anyone who's truly destitute. Um, now she that is a widow indeed and desolate. Who's that? Someone who doesn't have anything. I mean, the poor in America, they eat three squares. I mean, is anyone like really literally starving to death? I suppose maybe. He's some homeless person somewhere. I, I don't know. Uh, here's the, so he's talking to them, and we've got to kind of bring everything up to date. Uh, do we have a, a part in this? Well, of course we do. Honor widows that are widows indeed. And that's a financial term. Take care of them. Church, take care of widows. The widows who are widows indeed. Okay? If any widow have children or grandchildren, this is nephews in the King James. No, you got a newer translation. Who's got something that says grandchildren? Yeah, a lot of hands go up. If you got, if you got children or grandchildren, you mean I got to take care of mom, got to take care of grandma? Yeah. Yeah. Is that a surprise to any of us? Uh, my mom, she lives with my sister and, uh, and her husband. As a matter of fact, they, uh, they run the, uh, the motel there, Lovelies in Newport, and um, mom lives with them. She's got her own room. She's well taken care of. Um, so I'm off the hook? No, <laughs> not at all. Um, she has my dad's Social Security. She's not wanting for anything financially or any other way. Oh, I guess she can't afford, you know, lavish vacations on the Riviera, but even if she could, she's not one to... I mean, she doesn't even like to go <laughs> to Bangor, truth be told. So she didn't go to the Riviera. I tell her, like, I, I'm all like Mr. Money or something. I say, hey, uh, it's Mother's Day. I'll take you anywhere you want. We'll go to, like, uh, we'll, we'll uh, fly down to Havana and we'll get uh, Cuban food by real Cubans. We'll, uh, anything you want. She goes, oh, I don't know. Uh, and she always, uh, we always go to, uh, what's the name of that? Anglers. She likes anglers. When, when she wants to go out, if I catch her on the right and all the stars are in alignment. She'll go out to anglers, and she always gets the same thing. <laughs> and I, I'm a, I'm, I show up, and I say, I'll take you. Listen, we'll, we'll fly right now to China. We'll get Chinese food, a real Chinaman. It'll be great. You'll love it. And, oh, well, I don't know. Maybe anglers. Oh, we can go out and get a pizza. All right, Mom. You know, uh, so I can be, offer her this, the, you know, the, the sun because she's not even going to grab for the moon. You know what I mean? But uh, having said all that, we won't take care of our own. We want to do that, you know. And I think also, like churches, you know, I know a lot of people take care of people who are like, we got young single moms. They need a hand very often. And families first should, should do that. And I've, I've seen really good examples of that. And I've seen some not so good examples of that. And by the way, we're talking about widows, but you can help out anybody anytime you want. They don't have to be a widow, you know. Uh, has part of my check ever gone to family members who uh, my wife is... I, I, yes. Do I demand an accounting of where did you spend them? No, no. Just, that's what we do. We're, we take care of family. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with stuff like that. I'm okay with my finances going toward helping people out. You think God gives us money for so we can have the fanciest car or something? Really? Um, so don't burn the church. If you have, if any widow has children and nephews, take care of them first. That's good and acceptable before God. 
Any surprises there? No. Now that she that is a widow indeed, what is he saying? She doesn't have anybody. She doesn't have children. She doesn't have grandchildren. She doesn't have anyone she can rely on. Look, at the church is going to help out or she's just going to starve to death. She's a widow indeed and desolate, and that's the key. So do we have women? See, uh, who, uh, we have widows who are de- desolate. Again, in America, we have Social Security. Now, I'm not suggesting drop your Social Security, come and be supported by the church. I'm not suggesting Social Security is a good thing, an insolvent thing. A pl- I'm not going political, okay? I'm just saying we have it, and people are... Do, do we know of any widows who are, like I say, desolate, desolate? I know a lot of people below the poverty level aren't doing really great. Um... But remember, again, when he's writing this, there's no such thing as Social Security. In a lot of countries, there's no such thing as Social Security. A lot of countries still, you know, son takes mom in when dad dies. And that's, that's the whole, and I think that's a more biblical model, by the way. She is a widow indeed and desolate, trusteth in God. Boy, boy, where else are you going to trust? And she continues in supplication and prayers night and day. By the way, I don't think it's a handout. I think it's a hand up. And I also think it's a, like a job. I think you're hiring widows. Say, really? Yeah. To do what? I don't know. How about continuing supplication and prayers night and day? <laughs> you mean you're paying people to pray? No, I'm helping people out. And the fact that they're praying night and day and calling out to God, isn't that a good thing for the church? Uh, but she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. Do you need any instruction on that? I'm just living for the world and what I can get out of it. Well, <laughs> there you go. And these things give in charge that they may be blameless. And if any man provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Did anyone know that verse was there? Oh, you've heard the verse before. Are you surprised to find it in that context? What is, what is Paul saying to Timothy? Hey, look. Even the heathen take care of their moms and their grandmoms. Even people who don't know God, even the infidel. And it just means non-believer. It's not really a horrible term. He's not using it that way. Even people who don't believe take care of their mom. But if you don't even take care of your mom, you've denied the faith. And you're worse than uh, someone who doesn't even believe in God. Good point. Good point, uh, uh, Paul. I I like to hear that. yeah, even non-believers do this. How come you didn't get the memo? You're supposed to take care of mom, right? And again, people do this who don't even know Jesus Christ. Even people who live like there's a God who don't know God, they're rebuked to those who know God and don't live like there's a God. You hear what I said? You, you, are you with me on that? People who don't even know God sometimes do better than people who say they know God. Here's an example. And it shouldn't be. You've denied the faith. You're like, ah, is that what Christianity is all about? So you see the guy you're witnessing to, right? Your mom is begging for bread. His mom is living with him. And and he's taking care of her. And you're trying to reach him with the gospel. He's thinking, (laughs) dude, when you come up to at least my morality level, and I don't even have any, I'll listen to you. It's a good point, isn't it? We dare not live like that. 
If any man provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house. Is that talking about dads too and everybody else? Yeah, in the context, it's talking about widows. Take care. God made you a provider for your house. Take care of your home, including mom, including grandma. Uh, let not a widow be taken in the number of three score years old, having been the wife of one man. Okay, a couple things here. One, if you're less than 60, forget about it. You're not eligible yet. <laughs> no one comes in the 59 and a half. Yeah, get out of here. Come back in six months. We'll see you then. Right? Is that a hard and fast rule? Well, you know, it's Scripture. I don't want to go beyond Scripture and change Scripture. Um, women live to be the ripe old age of an average of like 38 at this time. You say, not really, because uh, when you factor in all the women who died in childbirth, because they didn't have any OBGYNs. They, I mean, you know, think about it. Women in, and men just live to be a little over 40 at this time. I mean, listen, a little thing like some infection without antibiotics could take you out. Pneumonia death sentence and things we take for granted now is you know we go see the doctor gives you an antibody you're all sad you know um people did live to be we think about like people like was it anna she lived like 87 years since her since her virginity or something like that since she became she's probably over 100 Scripture saying so there were, were people live and there's still people live like that right and live to be over 100 but again averages being what they may and if you because you take one in she's 61 she lives to be 117 you're in trouble you gotta you take care of her for a long time but anyway that's fine because that's what God wants you to do uh, but anyway 60 years old three scores 60 years old was the number okay before uh, the church would take in widows okay now, you're saying, well, I'm 63. I should be uh, on the, well, not if you have money. Not if, and this is a way to do, by the way, too. I mean, like if you work and stuff and, and you're, you're a guy and you're providing for your household, provide in the event of your demise. There's this thing called life insurance now. It's wonderful. Also, you save your shekels. You put them away for a rainy day. They multiply. Uh, 401k. We've got uh, all kinds of uh, tools now. Um, what's the one where you uh, put it in? Uh, an IRA. You know, you got all kinds of investments and things like that. So you tip over of a heart attack and your wife goes on and she's, she's fine. She'll be fine because you took care of that. Okay, so we're talking about desolate, destitute, doesn't have anything, okay? And again, are we missing anybody? Because I don't want to. Uh, so we take in everybody? No, he's going to give you the, wh who you take in, who you don't. Uh, first, uh, qualification, you've got to be at least 60. Uh, been the wife of one man. Well, you had to have been married? No, but it talks about the same as it talked about qualification of an elder, a one-woman man. And later on, it talks about one man, woman. Well, this is that, okay? Uh, if, she's, if he's died and she's remarried, that doesn't make her a two-woman man. It, one at a time is the idea. She understands the value of marriage. And by the way, uh, if you've uh, been unsuccessful in that, you've been divorced, and so I never want to rub your nose in it. I don't want to be so cavalier. I understand how tough it is. You say, well, you're married to Sue's. It's I have to work it like everybody else has to work it. No, okay, she has to work harder than me. 
<laughs> she's married to me. I'm, only, I'm married to her. I mean, she, she has to work twice as hard as me in my thinking. But, but it, it's not easy for anybody. People uh, marry and think, oh, it's going to be one long date. This would be so cool. It is very cool. But it's, anyone who's been married for a while and staying, it's hard work. It's, it's not easy to do. Um, just something to think about. Uh, one woman man. She understands the value of marriage. She didn't go from, you know, guy to guy to guy to guy. She, she wasn't party girl. She's not party girl now. Well reported of for good works, okay? She's a godly woman. You want to take in somebody, they're, they're godly woman. They got good works, right? If she have brought up children, if she have lodged strangers, if she have washed the saints' feet, if she have relieved the afflicted, if she has diligently followed every good work. And this is just talking about what good works look like. And they're giving these examples. Well, I never washed anyone's feet. Oh, I'm in trouble now. No, it's just an example of someone who would, wouldn't stop to stoop and wash somebody's feet. You get remember that culture. It's a foot washing culture. They're, they're, they're walking in the dirt and in the dry and with sandals and with stuff on the ground that, you know, animals left and dirt and dust and everything else. So they get to somebody's house with dirty feet. Well, the custom was to wash their feet. And here's the, the, the woman of the house saying, they're not wealthy. They don't have any servants. So she's like, just rolls up her sleeves and takes care of business. She's that type of woman, a godly and a good woman. And they just give examples here, large strangers and Relieve the afflicted. She's been generous her whole life. And it's kind of a what goes around comes around kind of sense of the whole thing. The younger widows, okay, you're not 60 yet, refuse. For when they have begun to wax wanton against Christ, they will marry. So a woman comes to church and goes, I'm destitute, I don't have anything. And she's, you know, 37. Okay, come on in. We'll take care of you. And she vows his vow as a word of the church, like, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm gonna, and, you know, I'm going to pray diligently and all the time. No, no, no. Let her get married. Is there a problem with her getting married? No. No. Is there a problem with her vowing to, you know, be like on the church all the time and then getting married? Well, she's gone against the vow. That's a problem. And no, just, you're too young. You just, you've you got life ahead of you. Live your life. There's other men out there. Get married. And, and he, he's going to say that. You say, Adam, that's so misogynist. Listen, the Bible's written by God who knows better than we know. It's not written by the Democratic National Committee. And I don't care what they have to say about anything. And least I don't care what they have to say about God and his dealings. They don't even know what gender is what. And if they have gender, which gender should matter? I don't listen to them. And if you do, I would suggest you don't. Put your trust in this book, not what in the news media is saying. They're confused. God is not confused, okay? Uh, the younger widows refuse. No, you can't sign up. You can't be on the... The church isn't going to take care of you. When they have begun to wax one against Christ, they will marry. Having damnation. You say, oh, they get married and they go to hell. This is terrible. Condemnation is the idea. When you've made a vow, and then how that when you didn't keep it, how did that work out? Were you condemned? I, I've been. Don't don't make vows. It's such a bad idea. Listen, it's such a bad idea because it's condemnation. When, the, when you make a vow, the Bible will say, "Well, you know, go ahead and break it whenever it's convenient." If you didn't, 
Now you have to keep a vow even to your own hurt, even to your own harm. Don't make them. Jesus comes along, he says, listen, just say yes when you mean yes. If you mean no, here's an idea, say no. Don't be making these oaths, take oaths. Don't make vows. Don't, oh, I promise, I swear to, you, I swear to God, I swear to God. If, if this, I'll, you know, and, and what happens when you, you go back on your vow? This condemnation. That's what he's saying here, okay? He's not saying you get married and you're going to hell. Where in the Bible does it teach that? It doesn't teach you here either. Having condemnation because they've, they've cast off their first faith. They've made a promise and they've gone back on. We're talking about widows, okay? Who've, like, you know, they come to church, hey, I'll, you know, take care of me and I'll take care of you. I'll, I'll work, I'll be diligent, I'll do this, I'll wash windows, I'll clean up, I'll pray all day. Oh, who's that guy? Well, he's kind of cute. And off they go. Is there condemnation there? That's kind of what I think we're looking at here. They have uh, condemnation. They've cast off their first faith. First faith and then what they do is they, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house. And not only idle, but tattle is also in busybodies, speaking things where they ought not. Gossip is bad. It's bad always. So here we have these, you know, supposed to be taking care of the Lord's business, so to speak. They're hired by the church to pray, among other things, to take care of things, I'm sure. And here they are instead just going house to house, visiting. They get their visitation ministry going right. And it's just a bunch of gossiply, idle busybodies setting the fate for the whole planet. Wrong, wrong, on so many fronts. And God doesn't like that. And he says, don't do that. If this is the tendency, you don't, you don't want to involve the church in anything like that. I will, therefore, that the younger women marry. What a misogynist. No. God, listen. I would that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, and give none occasion for the adversary to speak reproachfully. If this strikes you as really, really odd, can I suggest to you that we just live in a culture that is really odd against God? We've thrown God out of the whole culture, okay? You can't even put the Ten Commandments on the, on the courtroom wall, right? We don't want to know God. We don't want to talk about God. We just get, get him out of our culture altogether. When you get rid of God, didn't you realize what would happen? We don't even know who we are. You get rid of God, and we're made in God's image. You get rid of mankind in the, in the in interim. Now you don't know who should marry who. We don't have any idea what's right. Listen, I think you should be able to kill your baby through nine months and beyond. You know, you have them, and then just decide, I don't want them, and just take them, and somebody will take care of them. Just, and that is the most righteous thing we can do. You kill a baby eagle, you're going to get fined, you're going to get thrown in jail. You accidentally shoot a moose, it's a big fine. I'm just thinking about moose. Moose baby, you, you shoot a moose that you weren't supposed to shoot, it's a big fine. Kill a moose, fine. Kill an eagle, jail time. Kill a baby human, Hollywood will applaud you. We are so confused. We are so, so we read something like this and we say, what... Get married, have children. What kind of bigoted, what is he? Some kind of, and the word misogynist suggests itself. No, no, no. You know, God gave you a womb. Now, if you don't believe in God, uh, the Big Bang gave you a womb. 
there was nothing that exploded. Now you're able to procreate you know, and figure out the, the reality of all that. It's not. You're not a second-class citizen. I look at women very often. Okay, what do you, what's your trajectory? What's your path? Well, I'm going to go. I'm going to, you know, uh, go to college. I'm going to take these classes. I'm going to become a nuclear physicist. Do I have a problem? Listen, you know, I've said this a thousand times. I'm, I'm a feminist. I'm a real, real... I, I want my, my daughter to be a, United, a granddaughter to be a United States senator. I'm serious. I, I, I absolutely, positively believe in equal rights. I'm not... But I see, you know, women because, oh, well, I've got to do this. I've got to succeed. And I've got to... Okay, you, you've made the vice president of, in charge of sales, and you make, you know, $300,000 a year plus bonuses plus... Congratulations. I think it's fine. I also think it's fine women say, listen, I want to be married. I want to have children. I want to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I want to make a contribution that's... Oh, I think you've taken the better portion. I think, think you've got a higher gold than others. I'm not against a woman doctor. I, I'm tell, I'm, I promise you I'm not. But I don't want any woman thinking, well, I'm a second-class citizen. I'm just, I'm just, all I got is kids. I guide the house. I give no occasion for the adversary to speak reproachfully. Oh, you are incredible. You're knocking it out of the park. You are doing what God wants you to do. Does anyone get... You come and you write me emails or yell at me and stuff like that. You're against women? I'm, oh, I promise you I'm not. I don't, I don't care. I, listen, if you run for office and you're a godly woman, you run for president of the United States, I will vote for you, woman. I don't have any problem with women. I really, really don't. All I, you know, uh, mom used to say this. Mom used to say, you know, before, you know, equal rights, I was a housewife. Now I'm just a housewife. And I, I, I know what she was saying. I, I, I got the spirit of it. She was doing a noble and a godly and a good thing. And all of a sudden she's a drudge. And not in my Bible. Not, not in my theology. Not in God's. You, you see what God, You know, because we all think in these terms there. Like, you know, we're going to go and, and we're going to be, you know, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And you're going to be like Billy Graham. He's got the biggest, baddest mansion. You're going to think like, oh, my goodness. And you go by and you say, I bet Billy Graham was in. Oh, no, that's uh, Georgette. Georgette. Yeah, Georgette Jones. Who? Yeah, she was a grandma. Oh, she was insane. She loved her grandchildren. She brought up children. And then, like, you know, she would do this and she would, you think, what? Because we think, I don't think we think like heaven thinks. God says, oh, this is noble. This is good. This is a wonderful thing. And I think like we have to return to that too. Uh, again, I hope you're a nuclear physicist or a veterinarian or whatever you want to be. God bless you. This man won't stand in your way. I'll applaud you. I think excellent. Say, I just, all I want to do is just Bring up kids. I want to guide the house in a way that a guy can't. Uh, the man is the head of the house, right? But he's not there. He's out earning his bread uh, by the sweat of his brow. I, I understand how that happens. Who's the one? How does the, what, what kind of uh, heartbeat is the, uh, going on in the house every day? The one that the mom provides. 
And if she's a shrew and, and she's always yelling and always tense and the kids are walking on eggshells, the whole house will take on that. If she's gracious and good and she loves her children, and she's, the whole house will take on that kind of, you know, mom gives the vibe to the house. Dad's the leader, but he's not the... No, he's not the heart of the house. He's more like the, the will and the mind of the house, but he's not the heart of the house. That goes to the, the woman. She's the one who guides here, guides the house. She does. She's the one who's always there. And God bless you moms who, who do that, who do that faithfully. Say, oh, I want to go out and I want to earn a few bucks on the side. I, uh, uh, Susan's worked in the past. I'm not against it. You know that, right? So I'll tell you this story, and I, I'm going to be quick because I want to keep moving. She said, I want to work. And I said, uh, you got a job. Take, bring up my kids. And he said, what a caveman you were. That's correct. <laughs> no argument there. Uh, but then she, you know, she came to me and she said, I want to work. I want to help out. I want to, all right. And the kids were in school and stuff. And so, you know, she was working uh, as a librarian, and she had the same hours as the kids, and that was wonderful. She took summers off with them and took them to Acadia, and they went, you know, here, and they went here, and they all were going all the place all the time, and I'm like, praise God. They'll have some memories, and that's always good, and she always, always that. And then she went into public office, you know, for a while there, and again, it was kind of like the same. She takes summers off because the legislature isn't in session year-round. Praise be to Jesus. I just, when they're not in office, those are good days. Anyway, so she was, you know, doing that. No, that was fine. What am, what am I? Some druid, some, you'll be at home and barefoot and pregnant. That's, that's my motto, right? No, I, you know, I didn't mind her being fulfilled as a, a woman doing things. Never, ne- it was never a threat to me. I always thought the priority was the boys. We don't have any boys at our house anymore. They're like um, 38 and 39. Oh, so cute at that age, aren't they? Uh, she wants to do some other stuff. That's fine. Do I make her do that? I always say, like, she just, I want to get a job. And I think, like, uh, it's just good when you're home and, you know, you can just support from this. She's hard working. She really, really is. And I just like the way it is now. Will I, unrelenting. You work at home and you'll love it. <laughs> I never said that in my life. No, will I ever. And she kind of pretty much does how she wants to do it. You know, she's a spiritual woman. Pray and seek God and do what he wants you to do. I'm okay. Others, some have already turned aside after Satan. And he's still talking about widows. If any man or woman that believe it have widows, you got a mom, a widow in your life, a a grandma, let them relieve them. Let not the church be charged. Because there's a lot of money involved here. That it may relieve them that are widows indeed. It's a shame, like, you know, a widow, is, is, her son's a millionaire, but she's being brought up, the church is taking care of her, and the son's too much of a tightwad to help out. And that's what he's saying. That shouldn't happen. Okay, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scriptures say, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. I don't want to talk about this. I mean, I don't want to teach about this, but I don't skip verses, so I'm going to go in. But I want you to understand something. This isn't my heart's desire, it's just the next verse, okay? Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. It's a financial term. It means double pay. That's why I don't want to teach it. I don't want you to think I'm self-serving, because I'm not. 
especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. So next board meeting, you're expecting, you know, we increase your housing allowance 100%, so you get, you know, double. No, no. No, but I want you to understand the principle here. Because my whole thinking was, it's never been about the money and it never will be. I just like God's good to me. Would I like to do this full time? Everyone knows that. I've said it on numerous occasions. It's never materialized. But I want to talk about something. I want to talk about giving here. And I want you to understand something about my motives first. And you just gotta, I'm just going to say it and let everyone, let the chips fall with me. God's taking care of me, and it's fine. We started church here. I thought at some point I'd be, you know, full time. Hasn't materialized. Am I bitter? No. Am I blaming God? Oh, no, no, no. God's taking care of me. I'm doing fine. Some have said, yeah, you'd do so much better if you could be on full time. I think, yeah, I know. I think, I'd, I think my sermon preparation would be like 100% better. I really do, by the way. But that's fine. If that's not what God wants at this joint, uh, just place, this time in my life, this season, well, that's okay. So can I tell you about something? Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn. You know it. And that's a principle. If you, if you, let me translate. The labor is worthy of his reward. But Jesus said that. You know, it, 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 in your Bibles, in red letters, I got a red letter. Is that red letters? Yeah. Jesus said that. And I think it's in uh, Matthew and also in Luke. Jesus said, the workman is worthy of his hire. He's saying, go, you're going from town to town. You're going to stay in something. No, whatever they set before you, go ahead and eat. The workman is worthy of his hire. Jesus said that. In the Old Testament, the word is, you know, muzzle the ox while he's treading out the grain. He's going to stop and he's going to eat a few. He's treading the grain. He's going to eat some, you know, the thing that fuels ox, the thing that he's treading out. He wants to stop and get a few mouthfuls and kind of refuel. Fair enough, God says. Does God care for oxen? Well, of course he does. But oxen don't read. They don't know that verse is there. So he's telling human beings, take care of your ox. And so here I am. And I think that's what he's talking about here. Now, I want to talk to you about something. I'm doing fine, okay? But I want to show you a principle. And, and just because I'm doing fine, I, want, I still want you to understand something, okay? I, you say, uh, go to the book of Malachi. And, you, and a lot of you, if you know scripture, you know where I'm going, right? Verse 8, will a man rob God? Of chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, well, what are you talking about? Wherein have we robbed thee? And God answers in tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now, I know it's Old Testament. I have said the New Testament teaches as a man purpose and thought, so give. I, I say that, and I still say that, okay? I want to show you something, a, a principle. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that ye may that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now, herewith saith the Lord of hosts. Does God ever ask you to be proved? He says, don't put the Lord God to test. And here he says, oh no, test me in this. Everyone else says, don't you put God to the test. Here he says, no, test me in this. Now listen up. I want to tell you, I'm fine. But this is what scripture says. Test me. Check me out. See if I'm not good for my word. Prove me now, herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Bring the tithes into the storehouse. You see if I don't bless more than you can receive. You test me on this. I have. I'm going to tell you a little story. 
I rebuke the devourer for your sake, and he will not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, and you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Really? All that just for tithing? That's what he says. Now look in the New Testament again. Scripture says, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn. The labor is worthy of his reward. Pay your pastor double. Is that what he's saying? Well, the, the elders who teach and they rule, they rule well and teach. They're doing double job. They should get double pay. Am I saying that for my own? I'm, I, no. No, please listen. I can't afford, you say. Oh, you can't afford not to. I remember when we were only making a few dollars a week. and It, it was hard, hard, hard to tithe. And God noticed, yeah. And so he you know, gave me a job, gave me a better 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 job. That's what he does. Um, so I got this job. You know, you, some of you know about it. I'm praying, oh, Lord, I, I don't like working here. I'd rather work somewhere else. And I, just, you know, stuff like that. And just, I got a real big pay increase taking this job that I like better. It's not nearly so bad. And I, I don't want to tell you, I don't want to brag about, oh, I'm making this much of it. I won't say that. But I'll say, God knows how to bless. Even if you think my trajectory set, I got this job that I worked hard to get. I'm retired here. That's kind of what I was thinking. God said, no, no, no. I got something better for you to do. And more money. I know how to bless. I know how to take care of you. Because I don't think a lot of people say, oh, I can't, I can't give. I, don't, I can't afford to. You can't afford not to. Am I thinking? Now, listen to my heart. I don't care. I don't need anything. I don't even want anything. I want you to experience the blessing of God. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Who said that? Oh, yeah, Jesus said that. Don't get caught up in money and finances because you end up worshiping them. Jesus says you can't worship me and money. Choose one. You'll love one master. You'll hate the other. Choose me. Oh, it's just money, for goodness sake. Someone who teaches this is someone who doesn't need anything, who God has blessed, who's not after your wallet. I know a lot of churches are. I could care less. I want you to experience the blessing of God. Put him to the test and see if he won't pour out. Just Let's keep moving. Against an elder, receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. Why? Because Satan would blow up every church in America. Hey, you know what that pastor did? Oh, he's cheating on his wife. He's all drunk. He's a this, he's that. Oh, my goodness. And everyone runs and you don't. He's saying to Timothy, has anyone ever accused your pastor of something that wasn't true? Oh, yeah, all the time. Oh, yeah, all the time. Uh, uh, you know, if someone had come to me and said, yeah, this about this elder, I, I, we're not entertaining that. Now, two or three and people come and they say some things. Oh, well, maybe I have to listen to that. Maybe I, ha- I have to have a talk with that guy. Um, the elders of the church are sinners. You knew that, right? Not in such and such a way that they can't continue on in the eldership, but y- listen, we're all knuckleheads, so I should understand that. Uh, but the idea is you don't just listen to somebody running their gums and you don't, you don't listen to that. But for, for two or three witnesses. And by the way, isn't that what Jesus said in the Gospels anyway? You know. 
Them that sin, because there are those who really have sinned, you rebuke them before all the others that others may fear. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observe these things without preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality. We don't play favorites. You can't. He's an elder. He's a friend of mine. One, by the way, all the elders have become my friends, but I didn't, we don't select elders on the fact that I like that guy. That isn't even how it goes. Then, having got a, a rebuke, a real one, a legitimate one, we can't play favorites. We can't do it. America does it all the time. We make you sheriff, right? You run for it and we elect you and now you're sheriff of Kennebec County. And then your nephew's in a drunk driving situation. Hey, can't you make this go away, your sister says? He's such a good boy. He's only done this once. You can't be partial. You can't do it. And the problem is that all America wants to do that. We want to play favorites. You can't do it. You can't do it in a church. Jesus says, no, no, no. I, I, run things, I run a tight ship. I do things a certain way. And grace on all or forgiveness on all or you set this bar and you say, anyone steps over this line, forget about it. Well, those lines are based on what Jesus says. And we don't do anything uh, uh, partial lay hands suddenly on no man we there's no rush to judge as far as making elders if they're an elder today they'll be an elder tomorrow we don't lay suddenly hands on any man because you might be partakers of their sins you got to keep yourself pure from that what do you mean sins well if they teach wrong then all the things they taught wrong because you didn't vet them you didn't check it out you didn't wait long enough you're, you're partaking in all that. Or let's say they're not morally fit for the office and they're out there doing things they ought not to do. That comes back on you. Here's a, they're an elder in your church and they're morally unfit. Drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thine often infirmities. Will this job drive you to drink? The scripture seems to think so, right? We say, if you're elder here, we ask you not to drink at all. Here, he... Timothy's an elder. You have a little wine, Tim. Calm down. You get, you're talking about treating women a certain way, treating men a certain way, rebuking elders. Yeah, have a, have a, you're going to need a nice little bracer. I don't think so. I think he's talking about medicinal. Is Timothy not drinking wine at Ephesus? Is he trying to make a point? He's got some stomach virus or something. He's drinking water that's no good. And, he, and so Timothy, so Paul says, hey, drink a little wine for the medicinal, a little wine, you know. Do I have a problem against alcohol? Do I think drinking alcohol is a sin? For me, it is. I've kind of made a promise I ain't going to do it, okay? I only want to drink NyQuil. I'm just saying. Do, do I think you drinking wine is a problem? It could be in some people's lives. I think the no, best number is zero. I'll be honest with you. Now I see... I drive by your house and you're in the front there and on the patio and you've got a beer open or something. So I'm just going to tell you uh, all the people I saw doing that. I'm going to just announce them right now. I, no, I never do like that because I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with me drinking. And I would tell you, I, I would suggest you, you don't, but you say, no, I drink. I have an occasional glass of wine. I'm very good with it. I'm okay. All right. No problem. I know a lot of people think like when Jesus was talking about wine and stuff like that when er, early in the New Testament, there's a word for grape juice and there's a word for wine. And we're talking here, we're talking about intoxication.